views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili, epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hey, everybody, we want to welcome you. Welcome to Lime Talk Radio. And we're so thrilled to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show. And I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there as a part of Lime Global and some of the other initiatives we've put together. I'm joined by my co host, the amazing Dr. Darvish. Dr. Darvish, isn't this awesome? This is fantastic. I am so thrilled that you um, promoted and initiated this process of educating the public worldwide about Lyme and all the disease uh, processes that go on with this because most of us don't know what Lyme disease is and most of us have it and don't know it. Right. So this right. is fabulous that uh, you have uh, initiated this process. I'm so, so proud and excited to be part of this. Thank you so much. Well, and let's talk about Dr. Darvish for a minute. I mean, for many of you, I just want to make sure you know who she is. And, you know, it's hard for any of us in the moment, you know, that we have this airtime to truly describe, you know, who someone like Dr. Nusheen Darvish really is. You know, besides using phrases, and this is me now, and I can't wait to hear what Julie says, but besides using phrases like angel, warrior, you know, healer, um, advocate, besides all of that, you know, when we look at the people in our lives who truly step up, we look at someone that is dedicated to not only educating the public, but educating ourselves about the intricacies of what it's like to heal body mind spirit she's also someone that has taken that passion into creating uh you know holistic medical center holistic is amazing a team full of people you know there that has been in the forefront and this is what i want to say forefront ground level about peeling back the layers of healing wellness and shining a light on one it one of the world's fastest growing if not the fastest growing epidemic we have right now Lyme disease and if you take a look Dr. Darvish at where this all started with you and I it started in one of the least likely places for it to start according to if we could you know our national health and the Washington State Health Bureau in the state of Washington but certainly we've known about Lyme disease uh, in many, many arenas. However, we have not known about it, have we, in terms of its chronic implications and its role as the great imposter? Definitely, Dr. Pat. First of all, you're very, very kind. You know, it is really my pleasure and my duty to uh, share with everyone and help whoever I come across to go through their journey and be an assistant in their life Um, because we're all here really to create a world that is full of love and peace and uh, will hopefully help advance the civilization and human civilization. So it is truly my uh, blessing and honor to be part of all of this for each, uh, each one of us out there. Well, let's talk a minute about your role. I, w- I want to talk about this for a minute, if we could. I know we've got Julie coming on. We've got a lot to talk about in the show today. Um, and, you know, Dr. Darvish and I have, I, I have to tell you, we are getting super creative about how to educate the public about what's going on with tick-borne diseases. And, you know, we refer to Lyme because it's the most common 
uh, that people recognize. But, you know, I read the president's message uh, uh, from an association that you're familiar with, the International Lyme and Associated Disease Society, right? And, and I read the president's message, and I think we should take a moment to talk about this, especially in light of, you know, what this month rep- represents. You, you know, it, we're talking about you know, this organization criticized the Lyme Guidelines Review Panel of the Infectious Disease Society of America for excluding patient interest in disregarding competing guidelines in its review plan. Now, what is that big sentence when you go to the websites, ILADS.org? That's how you get there. What does that really mean? Well, let's chat about that, Dr. Darvish, if we could, because what they're challenging is an outdated 2006 Lyme guidelines. Now, you and I sort of started this journey even before that, but what are they really saying? Why are they willing to put themselves out there and say, hey, you guys just do not have this right? Well, you know, it is truly an epidemic, correct? Yeah. So, um, I mean, people left and right, especially on the East Coast, there's so many people there that are crippled with this disease, uh, crippled physically with uh, paralysis. They can't walk. They can't talk. They can't communicate. Um, they, they're uh, afflicted with it intense pain. And I'm sure Julie will cover some of that as well. So this is such a growing epidemic. And, and doctors really, we don't learn anything about Lyme disease going through medical school. And it's kind of pushed to the side. I remember going through medical school 20 years ago, uh, 25 years ago, and I got maybe two sentences, three sentences. Currently, I was talking to uh, one of my uh, resident physicians who graduated last year, and he was saying he got maybe a paragraph full of information about what Lyme disease is. And so, you know, we were expecting doctors to um, figure out what this infection is um, or multiple infections are in this class of conditions and uh, treat it. And we have nothing, we don't have any information about it in terms of being educated from um, our experience as medical students and resident doctors and even, you know, 20, 30-year physicians. A lot of times we kind of push it to the side and we say, you know, Lyme disease does not exist. Yeah. It just does not exist. And, you know, talking to some of the most uh, well-known infectious disease doctors who, you know, whose specialty is infection disease, they, they push this to the side as well, and yet the society is getting sicker and sicker and sicker. More pain uh, and more pain and more pain. And they're on tons of medications for pain, and nobody knows what to do with these people. And, and their families, you know, their families become part of this society where they begin to deny uh, what Lyme disease is. So in reality, they're denying these patients and, and outcasting them, which makes the whole scenario even worse for the patient. So it is a really difficult um, epidemic and condition to treat. But many of these doctors from ILADS, the International Lyme Association, they have really uh, stepped out of their boundaries. They have taken steps beyond uh, their calling and put their uh, medical licenses on on risk yeah. uh, because a lot of times many of these uh, doctors have had their um, license either taken away or they've been uh, literally thrown into jail because of the fact that they are helping people with this condition. Yeah. And, you know, what's so interesting about this and, you know, this is something that's really uh, I love talking with you about. And I know we've talked about this before and we're going to hear a very, very amazing story. But, you know, I grew up with a mom that used to tell us, you know, behind every dark door, there is a light, you know, underneath every challenge you'll have in life will be an opportunity. And my mother was, you know, my mom was someone who had her first child at 12, her second child at 13. She grew up in the Deep South, and that's what people did. And I always wondered if I would ever imagine myself quoting her in my lifetime. Because, you know, as kids, Dr. Darvish, right, you're a mother. And, uh, and, and you know, how often do your kids say, oh, are you going to really say that to me again? Right? You think, <laughs> you think oh, here she goes. Uh, and besides that, oh, and she's a doctor. 
and 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 here we are in the world today and this is what i've come to understand you know because of what's happening with this disease and this is the sad part of it people are dying people are dying from this um because of the level at which it's gotten you know we are now shining a light and people are willing to stand up and fight and you know the lime challenge is so important in raising the level of awareness but here is, I made a statement the other day, and I said, you know, here's where I am in my life. You know, the, you know, pain is the bane of our existence. You know, pain is killing us. And yet at the same time, I don't know about you, Dr. Darvish, I have never seen such tenacity, such courage in people that are moving past their pain. Have you? You know, it is, this is one of the things, I'm so glad you brought this up. First of all, you're, you are very, very blessed to have had a mother who told you that behind every darkness there is light, because truly there is light. And, um, and that light may be just pure love, not mm-hmm. only love for the people around you and coming to you, but the love that is within you and the love that connects you with the source, the greater source above. So you are so, so blessed because I can totally see that as you're talking about that, knowing you for all these years, I can see how you push through uh, personally through all of this darkness that you face uh, and see the light and bring that light to others. It is just an amazing radiance that you have. And I truly thank you for that beauty and that light. And I guess I must thank your mother for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you have to know this. We're coming up on Mother's Day, and you have to know this, Dr. Darvish, right? You know, we often wonder wh- what impact will our words have on the people that are in our lives, our children, you know, others in our lives. And here you and I are, and you have said yes to really, let's call it shining light on holistic healing and wellness, body, mind, spirit. I can never say body, mind, spirit enough. People said, oh, it's so overused. And I, you know what I say? That is a joke. It is mm-hmm. not overused. We haven't even warmed up yet to really talk about what that means. What have you discovered since you and I first met? Oh, my gosh. It's so many years ago now. But But the point is... We've been talking about this for over 10 years. I think Jessica found one of our first interviews we did on this. But we've been talking about this. And you are not going to go quietly in the night, are you? (laughs) (laughs) No, there is a a light out there. (laughs) You know, what I have discovered is that really um, any disease process that we come across, any diagnosis that we are given as individuals, even as a society, that there is a reason behind it. There is a, a sign behind uh, or a phenomena behind it. You know, I, I presented at the oncology conference this past weekend, and I started off with this with this little quote. It says, um, the sign um, for intellect, actually, I'm sorry, it says there is a sign for every phenomena. Okay? So the sign for the intellect is contemplation and the sign for contemplation is silence Mm. because man cannot do two things at the same time you can't both speak and meditate so I asked these oncologists and medical doctors at the conference I proposed to them what if cancer was not the phenomena because that is truly what we have been dealing with it you know we've been we've been treating it as a phenomena but what if cancer is a sign Right, it's a sign for something else, and so to me that um, can be part of any any kind of disease process we look at. You know, whether it's Lyme uh, infection, whether it's autoimmune disease, whether it is cancer, that these are just signs. They're not phenomena. These diagnoses are signs. And so if we can go deeper at a much deeper level and really understand and learn from what is this disease telling me? What am I learning from this disease? Where is it that I need to heal? Is it the physical? Is it the emotional? Is it the spiritual? And most likely, the deepest layer that will shine is the emotional layer. And if you look at the world at large today, and you know, even our little um, city here, that really what we need is healing at the emotional and spiritual level. The physical is just a sign. It's not the phenomena. 
So as we go through this process of learning about Lyme disease, I want people to think, keep that in mind, that this is, this is not the phenomena. It is a sign. It is a sign for us to grow and develop and mature and become radiant souls to, to really heal the world at large and to heal well, our generations forward. Well, you know, this is what I love about our conversation because more will be revealed here. You know, more will be revealed. You know, it's one thing to have, as we did the show, some of the celebrities coming out, uh, people like Avril Lavigne. But, you know, I was really struck after we did that show with how many people that are in the forefront, that are in the public eye, you know, that have not come out to talk about it. And I, and I know this is a little bizarre, but I will tell you this. You know, when Lady Gaga pretty much disappeared from the face of the planet and rumors that she wasn't feeling well, you know, I could all but think about, okay, why would that be? Why would somebody keep what's going on with them at such a secret, somebody so public in the world? But we're really finding out that people aren't really keeping this as a secret it's really the dynamic of this. A, I don't feel well. B, no one knows why. C, I'm given medication, a number of things that we're, we're trying to get whatever this mystery disease is under control. And then, you know, D, I still don't feel better. And I continue to get ill. So they don't even have a way to talk about what's going on. Now, how about everybody else? How about today? How about our special guest we have here today? How has she been able to find that voice, Dr. Darvish? You know, she. you, you sent me a little email um, last night, and you said, what if we call this uh, show Living um, with Lyme with Courage, Conviction, and mm -hmm. Change? Mm -hmm. And I thought, my gosh. You are so intuitive. You don't even know this woman. You don't even know Julie. And yet you have, you know, nipped it in <laughs> right where it needs to be nipped. And that she is truly, truly a force of courage and conviction. I mean, yeah. you'll hear her story, but her story is, is just amazing in terms of what, um, what virtues and qualities she has exhibited to not only her family but to the people around her and everyone that she comes across you know she comes into the IV room and sits there and gets uh, gets an IV and she's feeling very ill but mm -hmm. she's got this radiance this smile that shines and she I'm sure she doesn't realize how penetrating uh, that soul of hers is affecting so many people around her and how much healing she actually gives to others through her courage and her determination to get better. So this is, this is a woman that is absolutely amazing and it is truly my honor that, um, to be part of her healing process and have, um, known her for a few years now. Yeah. Well, you know, this is really uh, what you and I are doing. You know, this is, for those of you tuning in this is lime talk radio this has been a dream of uh, of mine for a really long time you know of course we are the you know folks that uh help katina macris pull off and push forward on her journey for um limelight radio and now our venue with lime talk radio as well as lime global is to take an initiative out into the world because people are looking for answers people are waiting to hear what the discoveries are and you know we are going to hear this incredible story i would love to take a short break right now when we come back we're going to be so amazed all of you are going to be so amazed at exactly this you know the courage the conviction and the change that ultimately happens when we persevere through a body mind and spirit initiative let's take a short break dr darvish we'll be right back with line talk radio The new era of financial planning is upon us, where it is just as important to focus on your inner wealth game as it is your outer wealth game. Wouldn't you like to be in the forefront of this new groundbreaking financial movement? Lynn Brown, award-winning financial planner, energy coach, and international radio host, will share real, actionable money wisdom infused with empowering tips 
fear-busting exercises, and money-growing magnetism, aren't you ready to create your fully financially healthy life? Join Lynn for this free two-hour full-spectrum financial planning workshop in Bellevue, Washington on October 8th or October 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. Space is limited and will fill up fast, so call Lynn today at 425-372-4749. That's 425-372-4749. Light food and beverages will be included. See you there. Are you interested in schools that inspire, excite, and encourage our kids to step beyond what they thought was possible? The Access Possibility School is enrolling now. Students in grades K through 8 are welcome to our virtual classroom. Classes start September 8th. For more information about the Access approach, teachers, enrollment, and what makes us different, visit accesspossibilityschool.com. That's accesspossibilityschool.com. Transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio, that's my line. Non-stop shows, 24 hours, 7 days. Positive Talk Radio is the new craze. Learn to live your life the best you can. All hosts of TTR will lend a hand. Transform, inspire, educate, create. Tune in now, our shows are actually really great. Tell your friends, your brother, dad, and mom to tune in at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. We're so thrilled about what we're creating uh, for all of the people that have said, please, please share. We want information. Um, you know, Dr. Darvish and I, uh, I, you know, I always I always say God is a lot smarter than anything that I've ever done or anything I've ever thought about myself, because how do two people from two different places in the world come together to heal? How does that happen? Well, we know how that happens. It's a power greater than ourselves. And now, Dr. Nusheen Darvish, and for those of you out there, you can go to drdarvish.com, sign up for the newsletter, and find out more about, you know, what it is in your own healing journey that you might need some assistance with. But here we are today, and the story that we're about to hear is a story, as we've said, of courage. It's a story of conviction. It's a story of change, change that will not be stopped by any language, any word, any diagnosis. Dr. Darvish, incredible, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm so, so uh, proud and excited to introduce uh, Julie, who I have been honored to be part of her life journey for the past few years. And I just want her to, to share her story of um, where she was and how she got to where she is today and how she has uh, journeyed through this condition, um, what we call chronic Lyme disease or multiple systemic chronic infectious syndrome. I'm so, I'm so uh, happy and excited to have you join us, Julie. Well, thank you. So would you like to share with us? Yeah, we'd love yeah. to hear where this began for you. Uh, because the beginning sometimes for people is so insightful because I don't know about you, but many people have felt along the way to healing that at some point they thought they lost their minds. Where did this start for you? Well, I think um, I think there were some little signs many, many years ago, but mm-hmm. I think where it really started for me was in um, 2008. I had been uh, running a lot. I had been doing half marathons, and I, it started out where I got a little neuroma in my foot, and I had a surgery, and I never really recovered quite from that. And then December of that year, um, I was sitting down at the counter doing homework with one of my kids, and um, I felt like my ear filled up, and I thought maybe I had wax in my ear. And so uh, my husband said, well, if you've got that much wax, you should go to the doctor the next day because I'll flush it out. And I did. And and as it turns out, I'd lost all my hearing in my right ear overnight. So that was pretty alarming. And um, I it was a very uh, difficult adjustment because all of a sudden white noise was really loud 
And I was pretty, pretty scared. I mean, I thought, well, what if I lose it in the other ear? So I saw a lot of doctors and nobody could really explain to me, well, you know, what happened. They said it's either autoimmune, it could be a virus, it could be this. It happens to so many people in the population. And so that was kind of my first real wake-up call that something was going on. And it just proceeded from there, you know. Um, then, you know, a few months later, I got de- I got a little bit of de- I, well, I got depression, and um, and I was still functioning at a pretty high level. I had two teenage boys in activities, very busy. You know, I was very involved in the school, so you know, as I'm going through this healing journey, I'm trying to or this discovery process really. I'm trying to maintain that level of super mom. <laughs> and uh, the, I think the next few things that followed along after that is I um, start getting a lot of rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. And I definitely had uh, blood work numbers that said I had very, very high chronic, um, inflammation. Um, just So it was just a lot of little things and, uh, you know, starting to add up, I got the flu one weekend. I thought, oh, I have the flu, but then I got it the next weekend. And and then I just started really not being able to uh, eat some of the same foods that I used to eat. I'd get like an aversion. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was, I was exhausted. I, you know, it was so hard for me to get up in the morning. And, and then, of course, what, you know, you start doing to try to survive is, probably doing all the things you're not supposed to do, you know, drink more coffee, you know, on and on. Anyway, uh, take pain medication, all, you know, anything you can do to get through the day. Meanwhile, you're seeing all these different doctors and you're not really getting any, any answers. Um, one night I ended up in the emergency room um, because I had this excruciating nerve pain that was going down my leg across my foot. And I went um, the after I was in the hospital. They gave me pain medication and sent me home. Uh, I I had a follow up with my regular MD, and he he basically was concerned that they didn't do any nerve tests. So he he was concerned about MS. So he sent me in for a uh, MRI on my brain. And that um, came back with white focal matter. Well, I had started seeing Dr. Darvish about probably around, you know, somewhere in between all of this. And I think it might have been shortly after my hearing loss. And I had known about Dr. Darvish because I had a son with a lot of multiple food allergies that I had brought to see her when he was younger. Anyway, um, you know, pretty much what I, you know, with uh, Dr. Darvish, uh, you know, somewhat concluded with that, I, this is how I kind of remember it, is that white focal matter is a really common thing mm. for people that have Lyme disease. So, you know, once again, I, you know, I, I'm having all these little indicators, you know, of, of, you know, somebody with late stage Lyme, but I'm not, the only person who's able to diagnose me is Dr. Darvish. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a story for, you know, several of my friends as well, is that really the people that you're most likely to get a, a, a diagnosis from is a naturopath because they are looking at your body as a symptom. Uh, you know, your whole body as a, not a symptom, a system. But um, it's, it's been, it's been a really difficult journey. It's, um, it's hard for me to focus sometimes on healing myself and not just promoting the whole cause. Um, Because as you get out there and you have the slate stage Lyme and you talk to people about it and they look at you um, and their head kind of tilts, because they don't know what you're talking about and they think you're crazy. And, uh, you know, it's my uh, personality type to promote and, you know, kind of convince people of things that are happening. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, basically, you know, I had my kids several times say, you know, mom, you got to let go of the cause and focus on your own healing. But wow. I just, yeah, I have to say wow. that. Yeah. Yeah. My, my family, I, I have to say has been such a blessing through this whole process because, you know, I was the one who took care of everybody and, you know, when it was time for, when I was really falling apart, boy, everybody just, you know, I mean, even my teenage boys just rallied to really, you know, take care of me. And wow. it was, it was really, um, it's probably been one of the, it, it definitely has been the biggest joy to come out of this for me. Right. Is right. to be able to receive, you know, love and help from other people in the process. Yeah. Even Julie- those that. Go ahead. I have a I have a very specific question for you because I'm really struck by what you're talking about. You know, you are really sharing something super important, especially when you talk about the kind of support you have, because you and I both know this. And so does Dr. Darvish. Not every family rallies around to support them, you know, especially in the face of fear. I, I've got to ask you this question because I don't know why, because I think you have something to say about it. You know, many people that that are in your position they go to many different doctors and they hear many different things and you know i am so curious about what some of these other doctors said to you and the reason that i'm asking this question is for our listeners because you know they they are being told or they hear things that the doctor says and they actually believe a lot of this and really have not been able to take it to the level that you did right so you happen to know dr darvish but many people don't can you give us an idea of perhaps in the early stages or in the early days you know what some of the doctors said to you that they thought you had or what some of the treatment might be and then i guess my, the second part dr darvish of the question is were any of them open to even talking about Lyme disease, Julie? Um, well, yes, I can definitely answer those okay. questions. And Great. I, uh, and I can, uh, I actually can answer both of them. The, nice. I think the first doc, because I, you know, I do have quite a bit of brain fog and some memory issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the first doctor I'd say that I remember going to was the rheumatoid arthritis doctor. And that's because I was having a lot of pain in my feet and my hands and my thumbs. I had lost my hearing. I had had neck, I was having neck pain and I, I just can't even remember what other ailments I was having. Oh, I, I'd had the neuroma, but I had the same thing going on in my other foot. Um, so I went to this, uh, this, um, rheumatologist and he ran quite a bit of blood work on me and he came back and he essentially said that, you know, I was probably going to get rheumatoid arthritis, that my rheumatoid arthritis marker wasn't very high, but my my inflammation was. Mm-hmm. And that's an indication to them that I'm going to get rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. And so he wanted to put me on um, some kind of medication. Um, I forget the name of it, um, but he wanted to put me on it as a preventive, you know, sort of, uh, you know, treat it before you get it, mm-hmm. you know, approach. Now, at that point, I didn't know anything about Lyme disease, disease yet, so I didn't bring it up with him. But I did ask him, well, what about all these other, I said, so what does that, you know, what, what symptom is that speaking to? And he said, well, it's really speaking to, you know, um, your inflammation and I said, well, what about my hearing loss? What about this? What about that? And he says, well, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Those are That's something else. You're going to have to see somebody else for that. And um, But he did say, which was really kind of scary, he says, well, I have to say, though, since you have lost hearing in one, hearing in one of your ears, you know, I'm concerned you could lose your eyesight or your hearing in your other ear. So he says, I want you to carry this around with you wherever you go. And if that were to happen, then you should take these pills. And what it was was prednisone. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, you know, most people know shuts down the immune system, which can just be, you know, like opening the gates for um, right. Lyme and its co-infections. 
And uh, which is another thing I didn't mention before, which had happened to me when I lost my hearing. They had put me on a pretty high dose of prednisone. Yeah. That's, you know, was probably why so many things came right after that. But so then another doctor right after I had my nerve pain and my husband went to me to me with me to all these appointments. So the when we went to see the neurologist after I'd been in the hospital and I'd had the MRI and I had all this nerve pain and we were sitting in the office and he comes in and he says, without even giving you an exam, I can tell you what's wrong with you. Mm. And, uh, and I said, okay. And he, he says, uh, but I'll give you an exam anyway. And I said, well, what's wrong with me? And he goes, you've been crossing your legs. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, see, I knew there was uh, a reason that I had to ask you this question, Doctor yeah, Darvish. You're right. I am intuitive. I knew there was something like this that was going to come out today. Okay. Uh, I, I just, just have, sure to, I have to interject that I'm on a, a couple different Facebook groups. You know, one okay. is Lyme and co-infections. Yeah. And one of our threads one night was, "What are all the things that doctors have said to you? You know, right. things like that." It was pretty funny. But um, that's at the so, top of the list. I got to tell you that one. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the reason I want to ask you, uh, it, it, was there an explanation? I'm sure there's got to be some, oh, it's circulation. I, I, you know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, Julie. Well, <laughs> he, he basically says that when people cross their legs, a lot of time that, I don't know, there's some bone there that hits the nerve, you know, pinches it and, and then, you know, does a little bit of nerve damage. Mm. And he recently had a neighbor of his that came in and had done the same thing by doing squats. But when I told him that I had all this other stuff going on, and mm-hmm. I was pretty, at this point, I'm really scared. Yeah. Um, you know, I told him all this other stuff was going on and that, you know, I might, you know, I've been told I might have Lyme disease. And he just looked at me and he says, well, we don't have Lyme disease in this state. And if you if you had Lyme disease, you'd be hooked up to so many IVs right now. And that was all he said, mm. which was interesting because, you know, most people don't even, you know, I mean, they just figure you take three weeks of doxycycline and you're good to go. Yeah. So that was interesting. But um, so I went to, nonetheless, I went and saw a different uh, neurologist. Okay. And he was at least willing to, he actually went through my brain uh, scan. He covered it pretty thoroughly with me and he explained why it was not MS and what MS would look like. And he ran some additional blood work and then I got one of these letters in the mail that said, everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't need Uh, to come back, you know. So uh, once again, you've got this issue going on and you know there's no you don't know why you know and so I I did I did quite a bit of reading about Lyme disease you know even as I was you know uh, you know treating it with Dr. Darvish I was you know I was doing a lot of reading I read some you know some really good books that sort of explain the politics of it and you know what was really going on out there in the western world in terms of you know um, acknowledging it and um, you know and I just think what happens is you just start meeting more people that have it because you're open to it and you start hearing their stories and then you get people that say hey I have a friend who might have what you have can she call you mm-hmm. you know and you're you know you're like sure so mm-hmm. that you know that. But it's it's been a very hard journey. Um, A lot of, although my family was very supportive, I had a lot of friends that had a difficult time, I think, at first, really understanding it. And, you know, I had a lot of friends who were really great. And, um, but it was hard. It was hard to not show up for things. It was hard to, yeah, it just made commitments and not be able to, it was hard not to be able to do the things you used to be able to do. That's right. It was hard to not be able to plan for something because you didn't know how you were going to feel. 
um, it was hard to hear about people who were much worse than you. And then discount maybe, oh, well, I, I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as she is. I'm not having seizures. You know, I mean, it's, it's, a, very, it's a very hard walk. Right. Right. Dr. Darvish, um, yes. I'm curious to, to hear, you know, what questions you have for Julie, because, you know, I love I, I wish I would love to get my hands on that thread of what doctors have said, because I think we have heard so many interesting things that, you know, we're actually starting to document them, because when people walk into a doctor's office, it first of all, it's intimidating. Right. Secondly, what happens is we automatically go to a place where we feel like we are in a parent-child relationship. And even if we have questions, we don't ask. Dr. Darvish, I'd love to hear what, you're, you have to, what you have to say about what Julie just shared. Well, you know, I know that it is a really difficult and scary journey to go through. I mean, I've witnessed it, I've seen it, um, and I've experienced it with some of my patients. And I have to tell you that as scary as it is, people like Julie are so determined and so courageous under all of this that they keep persisting right through. They don't give up. And that's the, you know, that's one of the most amazing qualities that Julie has is her persistence and her courage, even though she hears all this scary stuff, mm-hmm. even though, you know, it does make her feel vulnerable um, and it starts playing games with her brain about mm-hmm. what if I end up like that or what if this is going to happen to me next? And and then, you know, you kind of start hearing, like she was saying, the doctor saying, oh, you're going to lose your eyesight next or your other hearing. And, and you know, and really putting that aside and living day by day with such courage and vitality and persistence and patience, you know, and faith. So these are really some of the amazing qualities that I have seen in Julie that, you know, and then that's the reason she is still here today and doing what she's doing and uh, still, you know, traveling the country and and going and visiting with her kids in different colleges and universities and Mm -hmm. still being that super mom. She may think that she's not being the super mom anymore, but she truly is. I think this has made her much more of a super mom than than she would have ever uh, mm-hmm. believed or thought she would become. Mm-hmm. So, Julie, uh, yeah, uh, Julie, I, I'm interested. What questions you have for Dr. Darvish and I? Because I, I always think it's great to kind of flip the table on this. <laughs> well, you know, the question always uh, it's always comes away from you know. I can I I guess I have a hard time separating myself from the cause and I uh it's interesting I just you know I had to take a year off from school this last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. to just you know to just heal better to heal more and I just I just couldn't do it so I um was just talking with uh you know uh, one of my uh, counselors at school about going back and she's from Connecticut, and I was sort of explaining what I'd been going through with my Lyme, and you know she's she still didn't get it. And there she is, in the you know she's in the middle of the endemic area, and she's not really educated on late stage Lyme. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know I I see it all the time. I you know there's just you know hundreds of doctors that are part of Iliads. There's you know there's May Day projects going on all around the world. There's doctors writing books. There's, you know, there's just all this stuff going on. And you just, you just wonder, I keep thinking, when is the tipping point coming? When is the tipping point coming? You know? And I keep thinking it's right, it's coming, it's coming, and then it it doesn't come. And so I guess I wonder from, you know, your, both of your perspectives, do you see a tipping point coming mm-hmm. when, you know, all of a sudden this beco- becomes really present in the minds of, you know, the majority? I just was watching a TV show the other day uh-huh. and they said, stay tuned. You're going to listen to the most, you know, you know, 
fastest growing disease state, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, teaser they put out there. Right. And I thought, oh, my God, they're going to talk about Lyme. Right. And it, it wasn't. It was Alzheimer's. Right. So <laughs> I was like, ah, ah, you know, because as a Lyme person, I know that that can lead to Alzheimer's, you know, and treat it. Mm -hmm. So right. anyways, I guess that's my question. Yeah. Dr. Darvish, you want to go first? Sure. You know, I think it goes back to the whole uh, concept of signs and phenomena. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're looking at, you know, this... Uh, this news um, or a TV show that you saw that said, you know, watch for the most fastest growing condition, Alzheimer's. Well, that's a diagnosis again. That's a sign. It's not the phenomena, right? So, but, but I think this is one of the reasons Dr. Pat and I are pursuing educating the world, um, at least, you know, nationally, but internationally as well about Lyme disease and its multitude of symptoms and uh, dysfunctions that it causes and um, disabilities that it causes both at the physical level but also at the mental and emotional level. It's to, you know, so we're, we're trying to bring this awareness to, to people globally so that it doesn't get to a point where there is that tipping over. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can get there before the society gets so sick, so, so sick that um, they, they have no other choice. Because right now they have a choice. Now, mm -hmm. Right now they can, ha they can make a proactive choice and become aware of what's going on um, and uh, put pressure on doctors to learn about this condition and to treat it and put pressure on the you know various medical associations to um to uh, recognize this and also to put pressure on the big pharma to say you know the medications that you're giving us is not the treatment for this condition you know there is much better options out there so i'm hoping that this tipping doesn't happen that we become much more aware and and you know the really the the bottom line the way to get there is is becoming spiritually open to all of this is you know for each one of us to get to a point where we are meditating uh, on a daily basis we are praying on a daily basis we are serving others and and hugging others and providing goodness for other people because it's with these powerful positive acts that hopefully we as uh, individuals, but also as a society, will be guided by the greater power to a place where there is healing and there is peace. So, you know, it reminds me of this um, a beautiful quote by Abdul Baha. He says, Only have faith, patience, and courage. This is but the beginning, but surely you will succeed, for God is with you. And I think that's really what we need to remember is that this is just the beginning, but with, with the patience and the faith and the courage, we will, we will succeed because the greatest source is right behind us. We are not alone. And too often do we, um, especially when we're fighting this as patients, but also as physicians, we think that we're alone, and yet we're not. There is such a huge power behind us. We just need to learn to tap into that to help us uh, transform at this level at the as the individual and as a society so it is it is a process it is truly a process but like i said earlier julie the the process that you've been going through for the seven for the past seven eight years has been well beyond just dealing with the physical you've acquired spiritual virtues and tools that you would have not acquired otherwise you have acquired this faith this patience this courage this persistence this love and um, and you know and recognized also that there is so much love around you, you know it's not just you that has to give the love, but there's so much love that comes to you, and that in itself is more healing than any medicine that can be offered. So yeah. I want you to keep that in mind: how powerful you have been and how powerful you continue to be. Oh, yeah, thank you. Wow, I what a great to, show. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have to say that is probably the. Two of the biggest gifts I've, I think I've received that I can wrap my brain around. I know there's a lot more that I haven't been able to absorb yet, but definitely um, feeling love and support from people around me and allowing that to happen. And also, from my end, just, you know, I, w I feel like I was always a compassionate person, 
But I feel like I'm just so much more compassionate now right. for people with, you know, that are struggling with ailments, you know, because you just really understand what that feels like. And I think a lot of people that are really suffering are very isolated and, um, and you know, don't have the love and right. support around that they need. Um, I think there's a lot of people, too, that um, just their whole family, you know, has this disease. And it's mm-hmm. like, who do we who do we treat first? Right. You know, because it's just so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we really now know the statistics. I think the greatest challenge, and you both have talked about this, and I want to thank you both for joining me here today. You know, I think the greatest challenge we have is um, uh, denial. And I think that what I mean by that is if you live in Connecticut, there is no such thing as denial. I mean, you know, they're not just talking about one or two people, you, you know, having Lyme disease. They're talking neighborhoods. It's really an anomaly for somebody on certain streets and in, in certain neighborhoods not to have it. But what we're talking about is when an entire government, you know, comes out and will deny that something exists. And so for me, you know, what I think the tipping point is, uh, and and, and I, I'm in a little different direction than Dr. Darvish. That's why we do so well. Um, I, I am a person that believes in numbers. I believe that, you know, without the numbers of people coming together and showing some form of protest of what is, I think it'll be a long journey. Uh, And so for me, I go in the other direction. I go in the direction of how can we come together in large groups and have a voice? And so between Dr. Darvish's approach and my approach, I am sure we'll come to the level. But Julie, it is really truly through your story and your willingness to come to the forefront. Um, And and it is a challenge to tease apart advocacy and self-healing. And I think both have such an enormous gift to all of us. I want to thank you all uh, for today's show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. I just, I mean, Lyme awareness is just so important Mm. to me. And, I mean, I I wear my buttons and my shirts all the time, and I have lime Mm -hmm. green everything. Yeah, right. Thank you so much, Julie. And thank you so much, Dr. Pat, for bringing all of this to all of us out here. Yeah, and I love this. And I want to tell everybody, you can find out more about us. Go to LimeTalkRadio.com and uh, stay tuned for much more to come. And if you haven't taken the Lime Challenge, Dr. Darvish, do you have the pictures up on your site? I do. I do have a picture of most of, not all, but most of my office staff taking the Lime Challenge. And um, if you go on to our Facebook, Holistic Medical Center, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-Q-U-E Medical Center uh, on Facebook, you'll see those pictures. And plus, you'll see some of the connections to uh, some of these radio shows and some other information about Lyme and other conditions and um, the power of healing. I love it. And I want to thank all of you for doing what you do. And please, if you have any 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 questions or want to share with us your story please send an email to info i n f is in frank o at limetalkradio.com we'll see you next time